guess. Hello world, huh? <laughs> oh, wow! In your life have you seen anything like that? Light the candle! What? Well, I thought Poulter was number two in the world. <laughs> um. <laughs> Expect anything different? All possible, Garrett. Yes, it is, Frank. Yes, it is. And <laughs> <laughs> how about the rise smile on Tiger's face? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 48 here of the SRP. Uh, I'm back taking over the intros. Thank back God. taking over the intros. Had a one-week hiatus on the intros. Kari took over. I think he did a great job, Kari. I'll just say so myself. Did a phenomenal job filling in for a week. But we're back here on the mic. I'm enjoying a bone shaker. If you guys want to learn the story about the bone shaker, just ask me. But Gibber, what's happening, buddy? Not much, not much. Hey, like I say, we all know our roles. Simo, you drive the bus. There's no no reason for you to hop in the passenger seat. Hey, I'll, I'll sit in the back seat. I'll enjoy my road trip. Here, I'm just along for the ride, boys. But yeah, you know, not too much. Love seeing you having a bone shaker at uh, you know Monday at 1 p.m. And I love that. So it's five o'clock somewhere, and Simo is mine. But they always is five o'clock in the SRP. Better late than never. That's right. What's up, Rick? How you doing, buddy? What's happening, boys? Uh, I do have to get like the audio thing last week in the Jamie Sedlowski interview. Uh, unreal interview. Uh, I have to just like throw it out there. Sometimes we face adversity as like newer podcasters and like the technology we're working with other people. Sometimes we can't use our platform. We jump around everywhere and sometimes we have to do this makeshift, uh, uh, whether it's Skype, Zoom, uh, Team. What are, what's Google? Google Teams or something Microsoft like that? Microsoft Teams. Yeah, we have to we have to jump around quite a bit. And uh yeah, I kind of dropped the ball. I don't know what happened with my mic, but uh, we battled through some audio issues. It's been a few uh, podcasts in a row or interviews in a row where we've had to uh, face some adversity. But, you know, what? we're learning as we go, and hopefully that doesn't happen again. So I, I had to get that out of the way. Um, it's also Christmas season now. To me, um, I think this might be an unpopular take, but I think this is probably the threshold of me starting to listen to actually Christmas music. I think November is too early. I think beginning of December is a little bit too early as well. But now we're now we're in the swing of things, and I'm uh, I'm in Christmas mode now. Almost done my Christmas shopping. Yeah, I'm ready to fire up the Christmas music too. You know, I go to some stores and they don't have it on. I'm actually upset right now. Right. Yeah, I would say I would say mm, December twelfth is probably is probably my window where I start uh, accepting it. Give <laughs> the big Christmas guy. You want to know when Christmas music kicks in for me? November October. 1st. November first, right after Halloween. Wow. Hey, Star 102.5, Christmas season starts, so I, I start jamming. I'm Christmas, favorite time of the year. There's, I love it. They're just not good playlists. There's like five good Christmas songs, and that's about it. <sighs> You're going to get roasted. Uh, I would say there's tons of Christmas songs, especially now like, uh, with, the, with the little girl. She crushes the Raffy Christmas uh, tracks right now, so I know them all off by heart. Little Ariana Grande Santa baby, like throw that in there every once in a while. That's now in the Mariah playlist. Mariah Carey, come on. Stop Ariana, Ariana Grande positions featuring uh, Mitch <laughs> Theoret. <laughs> oh, man. We are getting off the rails from Christmas to that. Wow. Okay. okay. It doesn't matter. Do you guys want to start talking golf right away? I do. It's major week, fellas. It is major week. It's still, it's still, okay, one sec. We're going to talk about Ladies U.S. Open first. So, yeah, so it was major week, and it's actually getting played as we talk right now, unfortunately, so we won't be able to recap it. Um, but I uh, I was looking at the leaderboard. Explain, it's, it's 
playing extremely tough today. Uh, yesterday was completely uh, delayed out. As we speak right now, uh, Amy Olsen's hanging on to a one-shot lead in the back nine, well into the back nine. So hopefully she's close to closing it out. Um, she's one over through 12, and, uh, and she's only at 200 par. There's only two uh, players under par in the whole field. Have you guys had a chance to watch? I know in our group chat we were uh, bouncing around the idea a little bit. I was about to watch, and then I was going to ask you, you guys, this, uh, you guys gave a little feedback on the coverage, saying it wasn't great coverage this year, which I was very disappointed to hear. So I unfortunately didn't tune in just because of that. I tuned into a little bit of round three yesterday, thinking it was round four. Um, so there's I that. I hate when that happens, like oh. when they don't put the like the this is tape from whatever yesterday. I know. I was like, oh, the leader's extremely calm, like, and poised, but it's round three. But I will say, I'll piggyback off what you said, Gibber. Like, it's tough to watch, and it's not the it's not the player's fault. Like, they're extremely talented and really fucking good at what they do. But it's a shame that the coverage just doesn't match that, and especially when players are starting to hype it up, and you see guys in the PGA Tour mentioning it, and so many people mentioning it. To, to put together a product like that uh, and a coverage like that, it was it was tough and I was it was sad to see for me because I was was excited to watch it, but I'll be honest, I didn't get by twenty minutes to be quite honest. Okay, I, I try I gave it a bit a better run than that, but I are I, I mean our we have a pretty popular take here. Um, I struggled through that and uh, and it's not because of the lack of the firepower at the top. Um, it's not maybe because of the golf course because I'm sure it's a heck of a track, but I just couldn't quite get into it. I messaged you guys. I said, "Oh man, like I'm I'm trying to battle through this uh, uh, U.S. Open women's U.S. Open coverage, but I just I couldn't do it." And that was uh, I I just had a chance to tune in Thursday and Saturday. Um, gave it two chances, two swings at the bat, and uh, yeah, unfortunately it wasn't. Uh, hopefully it gets an exciting finish, but unfortunately for me it wasn't uh, it wasn't ideal. But I will say this, it's a, it's a very unique US Open because obviously there's no fans. There's quite a few amateurs in contention, which I think is the, yeah. one of the really coolest storylines of uh, women's golf. They have, I think, if, uh, maybe four in the top 15, which is significant. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and they're playing some really good golf. I think the crowds, not having the crowds, has a big part to do with it. Uh, right now, that Caitlin Papp, I think she's a Texas girl, uh, plays for the Longhorns. Uh, she's hanging in there. She's top 10 right now. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, I, I did watch them. Like I said, I did watch her. She was like in one of the final groups, I think, on Saturday. Uh, she played some really good golf, but like just doesn't quite have like, uh, I don't know, the length and the firepower to contend with like the, the best players. Now, yeah. is it just the like the coverage and the announcers that are doing it a disservice or is it just the no fans and like there's no engagement? It's a combination, like I felt at least. It was, it's very quiet, very subdued, uh, very dry. Yeah, tough. Yeah. Interesting. It's it, a it, tough it, watch. It, like we're as a podcast, we're very, very pro women's golf. Like we said, probably the most entertaining uh, bit of golf was the Solheim Cup, right? Like that was unbelievable. Uh, but it, that that's a shame that it's uh, the coverage is doing that much of a disservice. Like it's a, it's the U.S. Women's Open. It's uh, that should be a marquee event. And they should. You think they would have producers that are you know tracking the engagement, and you know they should be able to identify that and try to find a way to get it back on the rails. Tired, yeah, I- but. Yeah, the camera angles aren't even great either. I don't think the quality of play has been outstanding. Like this is like a almost like the men's U.S. Open where pars like they're battling for par. Watching these the girls battle for par, it just it doesn't quite have the same 
oomph to it because we don't know the course we don't know the lies the situations and like so you're just kind of watching it's like watching us play golf on a on a men's yeah. night without as many beers um so it <laughs> It just it was it's tough, but uh, hopefully once fans are allowed back in, we'll get that uh, that product will go back up because it's one of my favorite major championships to watch, especially for the women. I think it's like the the staple one for me. Um, so the one move on. No, no, the one storyline I want to talk about. Don't read the text message I sent to you guys about the women's golf. No, will not. Did you guys happen to see what I sent you guys? uh, I want to say on Tuesday about a golf cart accident. (laughs) No. No, no, you didn't see that? Oh, man. That was probably the Forbesy. <laughs> no, come on. So <laughs> I sent it to you guys. It was a post. I got to pull up, pull up the name, who it was here again. And it was Christy Kerr. So Christy Kerr was hitting balls in the morning and got into a golf cart accident and may have not been able to play in the tournament due to injury because of the golf cart accident. So I guess like they'd hit balls. They had the clubs on a cart, I don't, which I don't know why they have clubs on carts. And it was like five 30 or something in the morning. They were zipping around the corner and got crushed. What? Okay. And she was hurt pretty serious. How fast are these golf carts? Hey, is it the Grove Michael Jordan's course where they go 60 miles per hour? Like what are they driving? <laughs> I have no idea, but it says, uh, the, the title on golf.com says after a severe golf cart accident on Monday left Christy Kerr with three dislocated ribs. It appeared doubtful that she could play this week. Kerr has been receiving constant medical treatment and managed to play through the pain Thursday to appear in her, her favorite event, the U S women's open. Okay. Wow. I, I did see that she three was injured, but I didn't know it was from a, a cart accident. Um, you also didn't send that to our group. So I don't know where that thing is. Yes, I did. I sent it to I sent it to the SRP Instagram. You oh, guys, I don't. I just tried sliding into the DMs. Um, but I did like I, I when I was watching coverage, she was closing out like around, and they're talking about how she's battled through pain. I'm like, oh, that's weird. I didn't know she was that injured, but obviously it was from the the golf cart accident that I didn't know about. Having having that right is now? a Happy Gilmore like <laughs> headline. Oh, uh, Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I just thought that was outrageous that there was a golf cart. Actually, I was just wondering, like, why do they even have golf carts in, in the practice rounds? Like, you ne- uh, one, I've never seen that. And I don't think she got was just walking and got crushed by a maintenance she's cart. T20, she's T23 as we speak right now, um, six over on the day, and she's seven over total. So she'd be right there. She was if, in contention. Uh, she was even part today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was in contention in today. So I meant to say there. Uh, let's move on from the, that golf. Uh, we had a, a pretty big marquee event on the European Tour this week as well, um, the DP World Tour Championship. Uh, because we rec- sometimes record on Mondays, we didn't uh, completely give the backstory on last week's podcast about the European Tour event. But this is uh, this was the final event of the race to Dubai, and Patrick Reed was uh, was leading heading into this week. So maybe that's why we uh, subconsciously didn't mention it. Um, but we got a, a great winner. One of my favorite players is Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, he uh, nipped uh, Lee Westwood and Patrick Reed uh, by one and two shots, respectively. Victor Hovland was also two shots behind. I mean, heck of a leaderboard, cream uh, roast at the top. But let's talk about Matt Fitzpatrick first, and then we'll head on to Lee Westwood after. Gibber. <laughs> Ricks. <laughs> okay, I'll talk about it. I have something um, else Matt- to talk about. You go on, Fitzpatrick. I got other things to talk about. Matt Fitzpatrick's <laughs> one of my favorite players because he's like he came over to the states to play uh, university, so we got a little bit more exposure to him. I think he was number one ranked amateur in the world, won a USAM, 
um extremely fast swing tempo which is like why i somewhat like him your boy Uh, yeah he's my boy i watched him at the Ryder cup in hazeltine and like there's a tee shot that stands out to me on on the first hole when there's like so much noise uh it's his first Ryder cup he's a younger player he stepped stepped up there with that like insane whippy tempo and I haven't heard a drive come off a club face like this in my life. Like he just striked it right down the middle. I'm like, oh, this guy's this guy's a gamer for sure. Uh, the big thing that stands out with Matt Fitzpatrick, who had a heck of, heck of a year just globally, um, but he is uh, one of the most dangerous putters in the world consistently. He he's always been known for his putting, and uh, I think he contends a lot as soon as he gets that putter going, which is a lot of the time. Um, also, Has he broken we- through in North America as of yet. I don't. He's won a couple tournaments, but nothing like uh, no. This would have probably been the biggest Tour? title. I don't know if he's won the PGA, PGA Tour. Tour. Uh, we'll look that up, and I'll get back to you guys once you start talking here. <laughs> uh, but Lee Lee Westwood was the one that uh, that captured the race to the bye, mm-hmm. which is cool because in a young man's game, we've seen a little bit of resurgence from Lee Westwood. Um, and he's one of my personal favorites. Gibber once said on this podcast that he had 38 top three finishes in uh, in major championships. And Colin's like, "Car, you want to guess?" I'm like, uh, eight. You're, but, okay, uh, you're exaggerating. But there. 64. <laughs> I think I think you said in the 30s. And uh, he's a crafty old vet. Knows his swing. Uh, kind of stays within himself. And in a young man's game, like I said, it's uh, it's nice to see uh, the old boy. Uh, capture the title so yes th- this is what i wanted to talk about so he won it in two i want to say 2000 2008 and now 2020 i think he was one of the first winners of the race to dubai when they started tracking it uh kind of like the fedex cup but i was pulling for this hard want to know why because there was a certain individual if he won would have secured the race to dubai and all I wanted was for that not to happen. And that was Patrick Reed. If he would have won that yeah. final tournament, he would have won the race to Dubai. When I had no idea that he was even playing in these Euro Tour events. So I was really happy to see that Westy pulled through. And the one I saw uh, Fleetwood posted a little kind of like uh, Instagram post of like kind of year in review and get, gave some awesome props to Westwood talking about how awesome it was to see him, you know, win the race and uh, the recognition he deserves. And, Kind of just said Fleetwood's season was meh. I wasn't happy with it in, in any stretch, but was really happy that, to see Lee Westwood get the get the victory there. When you hit it like Lee, you're going to contend a lot. doesn't matter what age you are. He, I feel like he's going to be with a senior tour, just like absolute star, and he may be able to compete still at 50. I mean, what is he, 48 right now? As you say, he's got to be yeah. close to 50. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's right like- there. Man, we've seen him in the last like couple of majors. Like he's he's been actually right there on top of the leaderboard. Like uh, when Tiger won the Masters, there's a there's a point where Lee Westwood chipped in to take the solo lead, I believe, on 15. But I I also could be wrong on that one. Also, uh, I just looked up Matt Fitzpatrick. Not a win on the PGA Tour yet. He's had a second, five international wins, and like some big marquee events. Nice. So nice. Solid. He's been a winner. He's been a winner pretty much everywhere with like the PGA Tour fields. Just nothing on the PGA Tour, which is surprising. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. And but to keep with the, the golf recap, uh, the QBE shootout, our boy. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! You're done for the European tour. We talked about it. <laughs> okay. okay, let's go QBE. We're going QBE, QBE. Yeah, unless you want to keep going Euro tour. We talked about it. We gave Westy the props he deserves. I love Westy. 
Okay, oh, yeah. but I wanted to say uh, the 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 equipment. There's a huge equipment story out of the European tour. We got like Matt Fitzpatrick, Patrick Reed, um, Tommy Fleetwood, of course, at one point, all switching to the Titleist driver. That is absolutely unheard of for guys like top players in the world to go to new equipment like that right at the end of their season. Um, so there's some huge confidence in that TSI three line and two line and fairway woods. Oh, can I say, fellas, I hit the fairway wood yesterday. How good is it? How'd you get your hands on that? My cousin Andrew's got it in his bag, game in a three and seven wood. Oh. Two inches short, extra stiff is my new specs on my three wood. This thing Two is a short, forty-one inches bullet off the face. Yeah, it's like the length of a three iron. Exactly, it feels money, and this it looks unbelievable and feels even better. I'm gonna have this in my bag if I don't get wow. strikes on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so I actually searched on. Also, just came out with their new wood line too. TXG did a nice review on them. Uh, don't love that it's only glued in. Uh, you can't you can't adjust around too much on it. Um, I may or may not have just ordered the TSI two. Haven't told the wife that yet. Um, I did. Yeah, the TSI three. <laughs> well, it's Christmas season, of course. I had to buy myself something. <laughs> you got to get you yourself something TS- together. TSI three three wood. Yeah. If you're giving Secret Santa gifts, as if you're giving range finders at Secret Santa <laughs> gifts, you better give yourself a TSI three wood. You know, I thought we were all on board with like trying a club before you buy it. Yeah, but I I know how I I've always loved Tiger. That's a perfect one for Gibber. I've you always just bought loved- a three wood last year. Did you know about that one? No, and I hated it. Okay. Yeah, but okay, most, you know of, most of the reason on that was is the shaft. Whereas this one, I know the shaft. I went back to Old Faithful, got the Amana whiteboard, the eighty or D plus eighty gram. So that that that's the the shaft that I know is the right shaft, and it doesn't change for me. It just and my argument is the head has changed so much over a span of like seven years. It's that's like the the characteristics are year to year are really different but i mean it'll be close what it'll i be close. did i didn't order it in three wood loft ordered it at oh, four was fourteen five. Oh, and i nice. cranked her down turned one down. half turned down for what yeah so i i i got right there, it it's right at a four wood loft right 17 yeah. degrees space open i'm gonna be hitting like high it. bombs with this it's it's gonna be my go-to my my go-to used to be i had a 15 a 16 degree um nine ten. I, I got it custom made to 16 and it was the best, uh, probably the single most, like the best club I've ever had in my bag. It was, it was the fairway finder. It was one that got me out of trouble anywhere. So this is going to be the new boy. I like it. But, nice. You're going to love it. Yeah. So, so okay. moving forward to the QBE shooter, I want to talk to you guys about this. So we, we got away from the equipment stories here now for the QBE shout out to our boy, Mac Hughes and Lanto Griffin finishing T2. Um, yeah. some unbelievable golf. I don't know if you guys got to watch. Um, I like the scoring was unbelievable. Um, I don't, the format I think goes, uh, four ball, alternate shot, four ball, alternate shot. I think it's a modified no. alternate it's shot. Modified. So they both, you know, I think, I, I think it just went scramble, modified, alternate shot, scramble. Okay. Yes. So last so three round rounds. Is, oh, oh, so it's three. Round. Okay. But the alternate shot, man, they like the scores in the alternate shot. I couldn't believe it. They were low as hell. Well, I think Kucher and Harris English beat everyone by six. Like crazy. That's that reminded me of uh, Colin Morgan and Ricky Watson at the Bill Miller Classic in two thousand. No, Mark oh, Hicks. You and <laughs> me and Hicks. Sixty-five. Oh. You guys were alternate shot. Sixty-seven. Five under. Seventy-two. True alternate. Still true, uh, true, modified. true alternate yeah. in the hole. Tee it up next. True alternate. Yeah. Sixty. One of the best rounds I think I've ever played in my life. Yeah. 
Matt, I think you could take that to the Ryder Cup and like maybe like scratch out a match win. Yeah, if, like, oh, maybe three. Yeah. Like, cause they they rarely get to five. Like, depending on obviously the course. Can I tell you the best part about that event is our uh, our coach Whitey hooks us up with like it's a team event, so it's like each junior tour in a region, the top four is it Gibber or top five? Uh top four. Top four. Go. Top four. Go. Top four in each in each like tour plays like this event, and you mm-hmm. kind of get together. So it's like better ball, alternate shot, and then singles. So Whitey picks out team uh, outfit for everyone. He comes with a, a polo, Titleist polo. If you don't know Titleist polo, these things are long. It is going over top of the elbow. This thing is baggy, probably an extra large on SEMO. Shorts, we got LPGA short shorts. We had white short shorts that were legit thigh high. I don't fit thigh high. We were looking ridiculous. <laughs> ridiculous and whitey made us game it but we played it baby now yeah oh there are some tough outfits then then uh our girl rose took over the the outfits and we started looking we looked great thank goodness but yeah speaking of that uh that tournament proved to be a a pretty uh, nice tournament for for me and simo as well as we shot 59 better ball uh in, in, are we talking about the qbe here or are we talking about, much here, talking about ourselves me we, we need to everyone throw <laughs> off five minutes to pump our own tires but the qbe yeah like, okay uh english and kuchar ran away with it but yeah mac and uh, lanto griffin uh the all rookie team uh pumping in there for t2 i don't know what it pays but that cash is a nice check after uh, it's gotta be pretty good yeah having a, another baby so congrats congrats to mac hughes on the the birth of his second child another boy he's got to teach everyone the, the tips and tricks to to that we uh, live it <laughs> that's right absolutely <laughs> but uh so two future pga tour champions there and uh yeah no congrats mac and we'll get him on the pot again soon oh uh, yeah i actually i did tune into the event a little bit uh i i switched back and forth i i did uh turn on when we got the clip of Mac Hughes uh, going to fist pound his caddy and like <laughs> him just leaving him completely hanging so he gives himself the, the fist bump in front of the camera. I thought that was a little fun moment so I enjoyed that one. Uh, one of the biggest shockers to me is like I mean there's only 12 teams and the guys are probably out there buzzing around having some fun but I can't believe the the Abraham Answer and Matthew Wolf group uh, played so poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean they still didn't play poorly because they finished 21 but the golf course is pretty gettable. I thought they like it if I were to bet at the beginning of the week, those guys would have been up there for me. I uh, I also think the uh, Daniel Berger, Steve Stricker um, team, the combination there Unreal. is is awesome. Um, that's like one of my favorite ones. I don't know how that connection happened, but I bet you Stricker was on pretty high alert watching Berger play for potential Ryder Cup player uh, mm-hmm. um, on the team next year. Oh, good call! I didn't think At of that. Whistling Straits, yeah. yeah. Uh, so and I, and they played okay. I don't know. Like, obviously, it's a team event. You need both guys making putts. Um, I don't know exactly how the dynamic was, but they they, they hung in there. They finished 24. I will say, as a Ryder Cup captain, you've got to give some serious thought to maybe bring on Kevin Na, because if his putter gets hot, you are not losing in a team event, ever. <sighs> I just don't like Kevin Na as what? much as I should. I- yeah, I don't love him, but I think he's good for the team room, too. Like, he's a funny guy. Great I, I think room so, guy. So, yeah. Sometimes you need a room guy. E- okay. Even if, you know, he's going to play, you know, in just the team matches. And, this or like one, you know, he might might get sad a couple times. But uh, I think he's great for the team room. He's funny as shit. And that's why I think Phil's always good. I think hopefully they got him in some 
capacity coming on to be you know, vice captain or something. Yeah. yeah. Anything general manager. Let's not put him on uh, the team. Coffee maker. <laughs> yeah, He's not playing. We, no. we know that. Sorry, Philly. Uh, <laughs> it's that pebble. <laughs> yeah. Pebble. Yeah. Then you're in. Uh, whistling straight said, I'm not sure. But uh, I don't want to well, like, don't quote me on this, but loose stat, I think, and, and I could be underplaying this, but I think Kevin Na had 13 straight one putts on Thursday. <laughs> That's I, wild. And, he, and, they and they were bombs. And they were bombs. Were they bombs? So their oh. ball striking sucks. You're not going to win a rider with poor ball striking. It doesn't matter. Imagine putting him with a good ball striker. But they don't play scramble. Yeah. Just. Okay. Need a couple <laughs> that's that's pretty <laughs> impressive. Anyway, um, I also still like read somewhere weird that uh, it was it it's Zung Kang. Zung, who's our guy that cheats? Sung Kang. Sung Kang. Sung Kang. Wow, I don't know why that slipped my mind there. He only had eighteen putts in his last round on the PG Tour at uh, uh, what was the tournament that was somewhat recent. He uh, it ended up he Michael signed an, he signed an incorrect scorecard or he had yeah. the system. He actually had thirty two <laughs> putts. He just like thought that his playing partners didn't notice. <laughs> uh, he's gonna run out of tours to play for. Um, and then uh, I guess I guess that leads us right into. Are you guys done talking about QBE? Yeah, I'm done with the cool QBE. little event. I mean, like it's it's giggle golf season, and I'm okay with that. Like, um, let's talk about the the 2016 Presidents Cup. Uh, they announced it at Medina Country Club. 2016? Where... You mean 2020? 2026. It was coming up. <laughs> I had the six, right? Um, President's Cup's being held at Medina. That's uh, just outside Chicago. That's where the miracle Medina happened, 2012 Ryder Cup. As a golf fan, my single favorite golf event I've ever watched on TV. Um, do you guys know anything about Medina? Or are you excited for it? Or did you guys watch Ryder Cup at all? Pumped for it. Yeah. One of the best um, of all time. What a, what a pure track. Um, I'm well, obviously there's like quite a few years heading into it, but like, I think tiger, that might be his year to be captain again, or he's already captain the president's cup, but he might get a couple of years stretch in a row here. They're grooming him to be a Ryder cup captain. So, um, I think it's a, it's a nice transition going forward. Um, really looking forward to that one. The Jackie moon of Ryder cup teams. He will be player coach, <laughs> general manager, yeah. and you're starting power forward. <laughs> a beefy six, six, 230 pounds. <laughs> she wants to be an astronaut one day. I don't think she could do it. Um, but uh, yeah, that if anyone has the chance like, to go back and watch that Ryder cup, there's a, there's actually a sky documentary that I'm having a really difficult time getting my hands on. If you're a golf fan or a fan of the Ryder cup, that is the coolest bit of golf you'll ever see like between justin rose comeback on phil um you had like two guys trying to close out the final or sorry tiger and uh molinari were trying to close out but they didn't know if their points meant uh anything heading back um polter going off and giving europe a chance to win that was a really cool event thomas peters ripping it up so uh, you Mm -hmm. mentioned tiger real quick we got a treat for michael jordan during quarantine about his documentary uh HBO is released their first trailer for Tiger, which is going to be a two-part mm-hmm. documentary. It's going to focus on his rise, fall, and epic comeback, and that is coming in 2021. Can't wait. Why does it only have to be two? Why can't it be like ten? It's two out. It's four hours long each. No, I, <laughs> I hope that's not enough content for me. But that preview of like uh, Earl Woods talking and like positioning himself into like the oh. lead up of the trailer with Tiger highlights in the back and like. Oh man, talking about getting you fired up. They give me chills right now just talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be super yeah, interesting, ho- though. 
Yeah, I can't wait for that. That's going to be fantastic. I, I like you said. I, I hope they go more than two epis. Uh, maybe well, they're going to go. I think it's just two. Yeah, they announced it. They announced it. Uh, that's too bad. Hopefully, there's like a a sequel. I hope they do it. Like, I, where would the you rise think, of Charlie Woods? Where do you think the middle part will be on like a Tiger Woods two part documentary? Because I don't think it's going to be like. Like it's not going to end at his 2008 U.S. Open win at Tory because there's not much storylines behind that. Like I think it's going to be maybe amateur. I don't know where they're going to make that transition. Two Wait. part, I think, is after the Escalade crashes. I agree. Yeah. So in 2009, 2009, it's after. But like it's after Ellen just chases him with the nine iron. It's going to stop like right now. She's swinging it. I guess they have enough storylines afterwards of him just getting injured, and mm-hmm. then you cap it off with the Masters win. Yeah. I say Na- they have nanny cam footage of him getting chased down with the iron. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope they have like more footage of like when he was like, no, he wasn't drinking, but like that, like when he got pulled over there and he just like that rough photo. Like, oh, the back when of he was the on the pain meds. Yeah. 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 Oh. That was tough. That was tough. Like, as I, I mean, all three of us are Tiger fans. That was a real tough photo swallow for me. No, yeah. no pun intended. It was a long, hard, like, eight how many years was to the combat like eight years until he really got back when, well when i mean he, 2013 oh, was it 2013 he had like six wins that year yeah. so i would argue that he was like he just didn't win a major but yeah outside of he 2013 of yeah outside mm-hmm. of 2013 is that year as an outlier year that was a tough probably seven eight years for sure maybe yeah. 10 what do you Gibber, you're the tiger guy what do you want to see the most out of that documentary what like other than like because i've I've seen well, every Tiger video that exists. I, I, what What are you trying to get I out of it? I want to see more from his perspective of what went into everything, right? Like his, you know, what was like growing up, uh, like, you know, becoming this phenom. Like he was on, what was it? That's not the Ellen show back then, but it was the one show where he's like two or three years old and he's on it, hitting golf balls through the boxes, through the window with his dad. And going from there, and then I want to know more about his time at Stanford, to see yeah that's a great one right there yeah with stanford uh because i know there was some shit that went on there uh before he turned pro um but then just that and then you know kind of his i don't know if he'll get into his perspective on all the off course indiscretions but just to see what he has to say about that and like i know he's taken ownership of it before um but i want to see the recovery um like we all know I, I got a bad back myself, uh, and I know how hard it can be. He's on an entirely another level, and to see like what went into it, like I know they say like, you know, he would just sit in his lazy boy chair all day long because he couldn't move, um, and then the fact to be you know gets the surgery done, okay, start moving again, you know, strengthening and conditioning again to see that process, and see everything that went into it, and how, and then I want to I want to hear in his words the 2019 masters okay so so two highlights from that clip we could uh stanford more information (laughs) on stanford and more on the masters win you know what i'm interested in i i want to see i'm gonna say this really quickly i want to see the behind the scenes like his team i want to see his preparation i want to see who's on his team what goes into like working out his body preparing for a tournament i want to see all that that'd be pretty cool I like that too. And like, like I said, I think I've watched like, I'm just a golf fan. I watched uh, Tiger videos all the time, whether it's tournament prep, like him doing the clinics and, and stuff like that. Uh, I think you guys nailed it. Those three things is something that we haven't really got a, 
a huge in-depth inside look on. But uh, I hope they like they blend the the U.S. juniors and the U.S. AMs into a nice package because that's like something um, that people don't quite appreciate because you only get one chance. No one's done it before, and there's some like really cool storylines in the people he played with, and uh, I think they should bring exposure to that to the main public because that Love is uh, that's one of the craziest sports feats of all time. Maybe uh, let's get into the PNC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, this week on uh, I guess major championship week, the PNC oh. Father Son Challenge. This is what Gibber tried to lead with, and we had thirty three <laughs> minutes of talking before <laughs> before we got. We didn't recap anything. He's just looking for uh, looking forward. Um, I think there's like nineteen teams committed right now. Uh, it, it's it's kind of fun golf, but I think I mean there is some storylines heading into this week that they usually aren't given a regular year. Uh, Tiger Woods and Charlie Woods going after it. Um, Comment on the tournament first, then I got a little game for you guys, maybe. Gibber, I'm going to jump in because you're a huge Tiger fan. I want to hear yours. I want to just get my opinion out of the way. I think you had mentioned this last week, Gibber. This could be one of the most watched, televised golf events in the history of golf. I think everyone is fired up to get a clip of Charlie, and especially Tiger as a dad out there, just hitting balls, having fun, and seeing what the future woods look like. I'm fired up for it. I got it taped already, if you can believe that. I got bone shakers in the fridge, and we're ready to go for it. Do you know how much Tiger probably wants to win this tournament? I I'm going to go. Like, Maybe it's going to be a part of the documentary. <laughs> could be. But my question is, um, all the amateurs, like like the not not professionals, played the same tees, right? I have no I idea. Know. Never like, watch. We're not going to adjust the tees that Charlie gets to play. I don't think question. so. I think they're just going to be playing forward tees. And I love that. Probably playing like normal men's white tees. I just can't wait to see him beat the shit out of some of these other old guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> okay. We'll move. We'll move on from that. <laughs> Who are uh, the old guys he would beat? I mean, I'm looking at Trevino. Trevino's older. He may work Trevino over. Tom or Kite. Like, oh, no, Tom man, we're talking about game. the best, one of the best the ball end. strikers of all time. Yeah, but Trevino's Trevino a little bridge, older man. now. Trevino's got bad knees. Okay. Like, Gibber's got a bad I, back, I, and he I still hits put, at 330. I put a prop bet that Charlie Woods is going to dust Bubba Watson's father-in-law. Uh, I, I, I'd say I, I put 50 on that for sure. Uh, I don't know if his father-in-law can play any golf, but I think Charlie's going to crouch him. Uh, there's oh. other one like hey, Justin wait, Bubba's playing in this. Yeah, yeah Bubba and his father-in-law. And Bubba, I, they're not confirmed yet. Yes, they Bubba, are. Yeah, he confirmed. Oh, confirmed in him. the event. Twenty-one teams now. I'm looking yeah. at the wrong field. Then, well, now, NBC, get it together, man. Like, this is a brutal website. Bad coverage. Bad website. Let's take over. Uh, yeah, no yeah. kidding. Um, now I have to find the proper rankings here. Um, but we'll start it off. Uh, let's, let's go power rankings. Well, I know where you guys are going to say here, but, uh, but let's say, how do you think based off top 10, top five, top three, win is Tiger and Charlie are going to do? Uh, I will say that Tiger and his, they aren't the favorite. I would say Justin Thomas and his father are the favorite. If you're to pick a favorite, I think they're okay. definitely up top. I think Tiger's a close second. Um, okay. I also wouldn't count out. John Daly and his son, like mm-hmm. two gamers, bomb it out there. And I know that Potty Harrington still has game, and who's playing with is uh, is up there, especially in the Bodog odds. He's third right now, but I would say that uh, Tiger is going to be top three. 
I, I would say top three is very good. I was going to say more top five uh, because the one team that I'm eerily concerned about is VJ Singh and his son. Very good. His kid's a good player. VJ has the fourth worst, worst odds. Teams, team VJ has the fourth worst odds on Bodo. Really? Yeah. Wow, I'm surprised. His kid's a pretty good golfer. Yeah, okay. anyway. Um, so Matt Kuchar obviously just came off a... Uh, off a, off a win so he's uh coming off a high you know he's in kind of in form i'm shocked you guys didn't mention jim Furyk. this guy like this guy is so good at like this kind of format i'm looking at pnc's website now uh still no confirmed bubba um so i, I don't know why i can't find that but uh but he to, put like, out an to me video on instagram to me jim Furyk and like matt kuchar those are probably the two teams to beat with justin thomas of course i'm really excited to see annika sorenstan and her dad play I used to love watching Annika play golf. Uh, heck of a player. I bet she still has got some tons. Of, like she's got some game left oh, there. Yeah. I hope they play pretty well too. Yeah, doesn't look at the ball when she strikes it. Wild. Yeah, neither does Stenson. Eh? It's a kind of Wild. like that Sweden thing's pretty yeah. cool. I also don't know where what site Car is looking at. I just logged in the PNC Championship. The first parent or person they put there is Bubba Watson. Man, I'm like literally on. <laughs> pncchampionship.com they don't get the same they don't get the same media <laughs> coverage life. in thunder bay pncchampionship.com slash player profiles the first one bubba watson okay <laughs> you know what i did i did just click on player profiles and i do see that so how oh gary players playing okay marco yeah. mira he's a beauty i was or, looking uh, at the odd here. and i was wrong on the odds tigers uh, is uh, the fourth best odds in this event and vj okay. is the sixth best odds just want to just throw that out there Who's the, JT's got to be the number one. Yeah, yeah. JT yeah. and then Bubba, and then Kucher. Really? I would have not put Bubba as number number two. And like well, he's uh, been on form for a long time. Yeah, he's solid. He's been... But is is that on the pro side to win and not the team side? No, it's a team event. You bet. It's you bet yeah. the team. Yeah. Really yeah. interesting. I, I will yeah, say this: yeah, yeah. A Lim Kim just birdied her last three holes in the Women's U.S. Open on a day that no one's under par. She just posted three under for the tournament. Oh, that's a W today, leading by one. That's a W right there. <laughs> Crazy. A Lim Kim, twenty twenty U.S. Yeah. Women's Open champ, right there. Good for her because I don't. You don't yeah. think Amy eighteen's a par five? That's reachable. <laughs> like that's another thing on the coverage that. I hate this. We're going completely off the rails now. I uh, I hate when coverage they they trying to tell you how difficult or how important a shot is, and then like a pro will get up there. I don't care how difficult it is an, uh, of an up and down it is. Saying it's a one out of ten chance and the guy hits it to like thirteen inches, that's not a one out of ten chance. I don't want to hear them talk about how hard a shot is, like when it's not hard. Yeah. Like, I mean, the coverage, I don't know who was talking at the uh, at the time. It wasn't Tom Abbott, but he's like 18. It's like the toughest tee shot on, on the course. Um, really visually difficult. I'm like, oh, like par five. But like, I know people have been reaching and I'm like, oh, there must be some girls that are hitting quite a ways. I watched uh, uh, Pap flare one right into the rough and then hits like a three wood onto the green. <laughs> like, well, the tee shot's not that important then. Um, if the rust, if the rough is dormant and you can reach it in two, if you don't hit the fairway. So I'm, I, I'm sick of that. That's where you don't get on the European tour. They don't tell you how hard a bunker shot is or yeah, how they, to splash they one just, out. They just let the you balance. listen to it. They just let you listen to the bunker shot. You hear all the sand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lovely shot. Oh, that's good. <laughs> um, all right, fellas, let's jump into what's your handicap. 
What is your handicap? Give her a leader off, buddy. All right. So my first one this week, we're going to go. Oh, we're just doing one. Just doing one. Just doing one? Oh, maybe two. All right. All right. So this one, so I got to thinking, I, you know, I tried to, I don't want to go to the well on them anymore. Uh, I want to keep trying to go with the new ones. So I was thinking, what do, what really bothers me? So what bothers me, and this is my what's your handicap for this week, is you get a match with someone. Uh, if it's a buddy or, you know, someone from, you know, you're going to school, and this guy's chirping you all week, chirping you, chirping, oh, I'm going to dust you, I'm going to dust you. Get to the first tee, he asks how many strokes he's getting. Ooh. Yeah, that's brutal. That's bad. That's like the same thing that uh, – what. I gotta jog my memory. The th- same thing with uh, Ryan Whitney and that guy from uh, Foreplay. Like that's mm-hmm. you can't you can't uh, talk about barking someone about who's a better golfer and I'm going to crush you in a match and then ask how many strokes you're getting. That defeats the whole purpose, especially if you're like within two or th- like three of a handicap. Like if you're both mm-hmm. single digits, you always play straight up. It doesn't matter if you or lose or win. You just got to get better and beat the other guy. Like uh, that is a huge pet peeve of mine. Uh, I think double digits ask for strokes all the time i would say even eight or above so that's gonna be my answer mm-hmm. anyone that's like below that knows that the 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 trick of the trade is like when you're single digit and you're playing a golf course it's mono e mono yeah if, you, if you're chir- especially if you're chirping and then you come <laughs> into the and you ask for strokes that is a that is just a i mean honestly give her give him five because you'll still beat him that's the way i feel Car- about it. i think Kari's yeah. right on he's an eight like just give all right sure we'll give you five yeah, and it's funny you you mentioned that uh, with wit. Uh, so I I listened to that a little while ago as well. And you can ask for strokes. And it, well, one there's no way Riggs is anywhere lower than like a fifteen. Like all those guys are garbage. Um, and he was chirping wit hard. And then the moment they started putting money on it, it was like, oh oh, well I gotta get shots. It's only fair if I get shots. I'm like, no, put your money where your mouth is. You're gonna chirp them. And you say, yeah, we'll play straight up, <laughs> right? And not and I, I think Wit I think Wit honestly could give that guy four or five aside and still win. Probably they're Wouldn't bad. It? Like it's like they're they, they're, they're entertaining. They're, they're whatever they're bad golfers. golfers. <laughs> yeah, they're you even... don't have to be a good golfer to like be entertaining. Absolutely, that's that's not about like golf is about playing with your buddies and yeah. having fun, right? You don't have to be good to to like and and they they don't claim to be great golfers but like you also if you don't claim to be a great golfer you can't tell a single digit guy that's qualifying for uh usga events ball, that you're gonna, yeah. beat, you're gonna beat them and uh ask for strokes tough luck yeah. but that's okay my 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 what's your handicap this week is if if someone's ever hit someone with a golf cart intentionally what do you think their <laughs> handicap is? no handicap that's right, off, that's right off the cuff by the way no so, handicap registered on that. That is a probably a trust fund kid <laughs> and does not give a fuck about anything and is boozing on the golf course drinking white claws. So I, I agree with the white claws. I'm going different on the handicap. I'm going that this guy is under a 10. What? Under a 10. And the only reason is you look at it's the cool thing to do now. You see all these videos on Instagram, all the Brads and Chads and Thads out there in the U.S. That's what they're doing. It's cool to run your buddies over the golf carts now. And like you see these, like one of the buddies going to hit, like he's getting ready to hit the ball off the tee, and he just gets crushed by a golf cart. I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've There's ever seen. No way those guys are single digit. Like, you could have said anything there, you would have never convinced me to go otherwise. Like those guys stuck I, at golf giver. Anyway, I don't know. I'm sure there's some guys that are decent. There's go under, 10 or under. 
oh, it's nuts. Um, there's a few things that like really piss me off. And it's like on a golf course, you can do a lot of things. You're by yourself. You get to hang out with your buddies, like say whatever you want, do whatever you want. Um, damaging property on a golf course yeah. um, or da- damaging a golf cart is to me, I, I can't stand that. I, I'll go to the point where I, I, it fucking drives me nuts. And I don't, I think it's a it's a fad or a, an instagram thing between just a bunch of losers and whoever enjoys watching that it's like to me it's just like whatever i'm not a part of that crew and nor will i ever be friends with that i would say their minimum they don't have a handicap because they don't care about that but like minimum 25 handicappers for sure 100 percent. what if you see that i want to know what do you what do you do if you see that on the golf course I gotta make you sure i've i'm old enough now like i would go over there and, and tell them to smarten up for sure I think so too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, like I, I, or jump like hitting the golf court carts over the bunkers. Uh, not for me either. Um, I mean, if you want to break stuff, break your own clubs or like do whatever you want that way. If you want to do a quick little club slam, just like make sure you repair what you did and don't do it on the greens. That's uh, that's kind of where I stand on that. I'm not too much of a stickler, but I'll definitely say something to someone if they're being a jackass. What, what if they give you lip back? Oh, perfect. Even better. They're, they're, Does they're Tiger take us like, back like to the he's like, golf tournament circa 2013? Oh, I want Tommy. What's his name? What did you say? <laughs> take us back to the Brock Golf Tournament, the charity fundraiser circa 2013. Was I present <laughs> there? Can no? I tell this story? Yeah. Okay. Charity Golf Tournament 2013, right, Gibber? So 2012, 2013, okay. I, it was after I graduated. I, I'm in a, and this is like charity golf tournament. Everyone's having beers. It's one of those kinds of events. I think we had like yeah. six people in our group. It's a scramble, right? Like no, those no are the best days of the summer. It's unbelievable. You're having a, yeah. you're having a great time. We get to this one hole and, and we're waiting on the tee. I'm actually sitting in the golf cart with uh giver's good buddy and best man in his wedding, Trevor Parks. And the group in front of us, uh, Taylor Tominsky's cousin is absolutely smashed is at a point where his like golf cart is stuck in a position. So one of Gibber's, uh, one of Gibber, one of the guys Gibber knows who shows up the event, he just walks over there trying to help the guy out. Okay. He's like, Oh, can I move your cart? This guy's so drunk. He starts giving him lip. He starts giving him lip goes to the point. This escalates to the point where he pushes this guy. He just gives him a shot in the chest without a hesitation, without blinking. First of all, Parksy goes, Oh no! <laughs> Immediately after the oh no, the the hardest right hook was thrown, and I heard this click on this guy's jaw from literally forty yards back, knocked out, rolled down the hill. This was the most wild awesome. thing that, you'll ever awesome. see. I was gonna say, what would you do? I'd be like, I'd probably punch the guy unless he looked like probably Parksy or someone else. You know exactly. what I mean? Then I'd be like, oh, sorry, sir. You need help with your car. You can see this guy uh, after we're all having like these nice speeches and in the, in the uh, having dinner after. This guy is just like opening his. You can just tell this guy's jaw is uh, fucked. And the next morning, it is going to be a rough morning. Oh, you know what? Sometimes uh, karma serves. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, or, or sometimes it happens right away. And that was just one of those cases where it happened right away. Oh, I enjoy that. Unbelievable. Fights on the golf course are actually pretty funny. Yeah. Like I actually prefer that than getting someone getting hit with a golf uh, golf cart for sure. Like you see like two guys on 18, like battling it out, like on the fairway. Like I don't know what happened to make, yeah. to make that happen, but those videos are way more funny. Yeah. All right. Uh, my what's your handicap this week? This is off the cuff too. Um, you, you take a peek in the bag, no head cover on the driver, but the driver model is a 905R. 
in the year 2020. In, in the year 2020. Really, this guy's got buddies who are good golfers, uh, and he just can't get rid of the 905R that his buddy gave him you know, 10 years ago. So I'm going – that's a tough one. I'm going to give you some context to this. Uh, I'm going up. I'm get. I'm going on this one. We're going f- four, four handicap. Wow. With the 905R, only because I gave Parksy the 905R. Uh, he lost the head cover, but boy, did he smash that thing until he got the the sim this year. And he had no head cover on for a while. <laughs> it was a bad look, but Parksy can play. <laughs> on the sim? Uh, no, no, no. Oh, on the 905R that I gave gotcha. him. I okay. had my 905R with the YS6 or 7 shaft in it. Um, for He had that in the bag for probably seven or eight years after I used it for probably 10. Yeah, it's a, this is Thor's Hammer, the, my favorite driver ever ever made. I think it's a lot of uh, guys like around our age. That was like the the unicorn that would, everyone found that enjoyed. Uh, there's two ways to go about it. One was like the giver one that uh, you get passed down from a, a guy that was a really good player. And it's a buddy that obviously likes playing golf and has likes good equipment and he doesn't want to buy a new driver. But I'm, I'm going to go with a different one here. Like uh, to me, it says uh, a guy that uh, was really, really good as an amateur player, really good junior, really good amateur, but like just never really cared about the sport. Like their mm. dad or their uncle forced them to play um, for all those years. And they were just extremely good. And once they were done, they're like kind of the competitive days. They just like put the clubs away and they'll maybe play once a year and just still have the same tools in the bag. Uh, I'd say at the peak of their golf career, I'd say plus four handicap. Now, even when they go out and play their one round of the year, they, they're a plus one. Still can play. Wow. Love it. Love it. Love it. Solid, right, fellas. Uh, Anything else? I do have one thing before we go. Got a little, yeah. little trivia for you guys. Oh, I like nice. it. So, so they put out uh, a stat the other day, and it just made me start thinking about you know where are some interesting stats on the PGA Tour all time. Uh, with Bryson DeChambeau, uh, he made like ninety two percent of putts under ten feet. That I, I think is I, I think insane. I turned him all year thinking he couldn't putt or he, yeah, you no know, brutal feel. But yeah, okay, he made. You know, ninety-two percent of putts under ten feet. Okay, that's that's amazing. Clearly, guy know guy knows what he's doing. So I just started, you know, let's look at some other interesting stats. So do a little trivia for you guys here. You multiple choice, and then uh, we'll see who the winner is. Okay. How many questions? Uh, we'll go. We'll start with three, and if we have a tie break, we'll go. Oh, we want. I don't. Know. Yeah. <laughs> They're not well, gonna have, have a tie. Break. Oh, I see. We, yeah, you, you can. can. My mistake. Can. Um. All right. The longest holeout of the 2020 season was 272 yards. This was by A, Cameron Champ, B, Chris Kirk, or C, Scott Harrington. Chris Kirk. My answer was going to be Chris Kirk as well because I remember him having a decent holeout. I don't think it was that long, though. Final answer. B, final answer. Chris Kirk. Gibber, you have to you're you have to tell us. No, I know I know that's cheating. Then you know the answer. I can't tell you either way. Rick just break. said, "What are you talking about?" Right. Oh, so, okay. So you're in at Chris Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, both wrong. Scott Harrington. Oh, okay. Man. Scott Harrington. Not going to tell yards. us the answer. Oh, I thought Rick was waiting for me to say that you were wrong. No. Okay. I'm getting better at this. Yeah. <laughs> Question two. So you're, you guys are both zero for one. Yeah. Um. 
the lowest nine hole score recorded in the history of the PGA Tour was 26. This was done by Jim Furyk, Dustin Johnson, or Corey Pavin. Rex, you want me to go first on this one? Yeah, you go first. Walt, yeah, sorry, you go first. Okay, this one's a tricky one because I will break this down in my head. I know DJ shot 27. They said it was one off. If you would have asked what the lowest nine was, I would have known it was 26. Um, Jim Furyk shot both 58 and um, 59 on the PGA Tour. So that's one that's like, I can't quite get past that. I'm like, in order to shoot a 58, there might have been a 26 in there. And I know he had a bogey on one of the sides where he shot 59. So that leads me to think it's Jim Furyk. And I don't think Corey Pavin quite had the firepower to take a course to its knees. I could be 100% wrong on that one. Never watched him play. But uh, I'm going to go Jim Furyk, A. Uh, I'm going to go Corey Pavin because I know that he shot 26. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, that's a tough one. Damn. Yeah. How do I <laughs> Collins up one. Let's go, baby. All right. So, the longest time between your the first and last wins ever is 28 years, 11 months, and 20 days. This was done by A, Phil Mickelson, B, McDonald Smith, or C, Raymond Floyd. What's it? Oh, go, Timo. You were rotating. Oh, my God. I don't know who McDonald Smith is, so I'm inclined <laughs> to guess McDonald Smith because, like, it just pops out at me. Like, who the fuck is McDonald Smith? Why would he be in there? So, I mean, the answer is McDonald f- Smith. That's what my answer was, too. <laughs> yeah. Those other guys won too much of a cliff. Yeah, right like, they won too much. Yeah. Okay, you're both wrong. It's Ray Floyd. He what? won the first win, 1963 St. Petersburg Open and 1992 at Doral. That was his longest in between wins. Yeah, Raymond Floyd was better than that. How old was he? So, man, that guy contended for so many masters. What? Like, Ray's old, man. That is insane. Uh, it. 28 years. Okay, so Colin's still up one. We'll go another one here. Largest final. Okay, round whoa, whoa, slow down here, Gibber. Slow down. All right. Ray Floyd had 22 PGA Tour wins. What? And they happened. I, I could read through them right here if you want. Like there's no like he won in 63, 65, 69, 69, 69, 75. Unless you're talking about major champ. No, you weren't. No, he's no. won. That's that that question doesn't make any sense. He had 28 years between his first and last victory. Oh, between his oh. first. I thought you were talking about oh, in between like, his like like he won 28 years ago and no. he didn't win yeah. till 28 years after. I, I thought that I, I, I was wrong. Okay. Me and Kari were on the same oh. wavelength there. <laughs> I was like, no. okay. Yeah, okay. I got you. Just, yeah. uh, I we both would have guessed Ray Floyd then. So we both would have been right. I think. Yeah. Okay. okay so we'll give you that. Was, Colin's still I, up one you here. know what? And I should, we should have probably pieced that together. Cause you said Phil and you wouldn't have included that ever. Yeah. That was so weird. If, I was like immediately. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Sorry. So the largest final round comeback in PJ Tour history is 10 shots. Okay. Yeah. This was done by A, Stuart Sink, B, Paul Lowry, or C, Craig Stadler. I think this is a Paul Lowry one. Uh, I, I know he's he's got like a famous comeback. I don't know how many shots it was exactly, but I knew it was from a mile back, and that's my guess. Yeah, like I, I'm in. Incl- you know what? I was gonna go Paul Lowry, but I'm not gonna go yeah, the same as you. Okay, thanks. Yeah. thanks. Um, I'm gonna go with the Walrus. C. Final answer. 
Okay, Rick, you're right. One one. Foxy, I was gonna go. Paul Lowry. Whatever. Get there. Is, there is an error on the PGA Tour website. They also have Dustin Johnson in there at the 2020 Tour Championship, but he started the tournament with a 10 shot lead. So I don't know how he came back from 10 shots. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's uh, weird. So that's wrong, PGA Tour. Yeah. Um, all right, final question here. Who holds the record for the most wins in one season at 18? A, Ben Hogan, B, Sam Snead, or C, Byron Nelson? Uh, I'm going to go Sam Snead. Uh, I know, that's such an easy, like, that's the easy <laughs> one to go if you uh, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Iron Byron. I think he had, like, a crazy stretch of golf somewhere in there. Ding, 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 ding. Rick, you are the winner. Byron Byron. Oh, Byron Byron, 18. That was fucking insane. Yeah. A. <laughs> that doesn't even I, make sense. I didn't even think. How many another, events did they play that year? I know. I, I don't know. Another impressive stat. Uh, the longest win streaks ever are 11 straight starts by Iron Byron. That was insane. How many times did he do that? Oh, I'm I gonna guess it wasn't two. More than twice. Yeah. Yeah. 11. He did it 11 times. No. 11? No, that's false. No, he didn't win 200. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. The way it, the way it works, though, <laughs> you know, with, with how things carry over, you look here. Like, they, ha- they have it here. Um, oh, no, these are his, oh, these are his 11 Just in a row. Stop yeah, no, sorry. Those are his 11 in a row. Yeah. In, in 1945, from the Canadian Open all the way through the Miami Football. That was Lee bad. Westwood, 92 <laughs> second place finishes. That's that goes along with Lee Westwood. You know, if, if, if it's a, a bit of a different week for this podcast this week, like the last like 20 minutes is made up for it 100%. Like it's December, we're all Canadian, we're just struggling, struggling, and now talking about a little bit of golf. And anyone doesn't know, Iron Byron has 121 wins if you weren't sure. <laughs> In a row. How many times did he do that? <laughs> then then the, the second best is Tiger with seven in a row, seven from the Buick Invitational all the way through to the or the Open Championship in 2006 to the Buick Invitational in 27. Did you guys ever watch that Tiger 81 document or not documentary, a show that's on uh, Golf Channel plays every once in a while? It'll probably be on during the holidays if you and if anyone has a chance to. Uh, to, to record that and watch it over again. It is super cool. They like go through the highlight shots of each tournament he played kind of the weeks progressing. Like they'll have it on a calendar. They'll say the gaps in between. Oh, it is mind blowing. Like I know it, it, squeezing in 81 wins uh, on that show and like whatever an hour and the length of it is obviously you have to pound them out, but you get like that old classic tiger shots and like realize the pace he won at super cool. Love it. Yeah, so um, definitely worth it. All right, fellas, I haven't had else? a good sound like that in a while, so yeah, I'm glad I tossed that stat in there. <laughs> that, was <fucking> awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> it wasn't even in the trivia. It was just a, a one I had pulled up. All right, fellas, anything oh. else before we jump off? No, that's good that's for it. Me, fellas. All right, everyone. One more episode until Christmas. That's it. We got our Christmas episode lined up for next Wednesday, which is going to be the 23rd. Excited for that. We got some, uh, maybe we'll have some news. Maybe we'll have an interview. Not going to say anything till it happens. But uh, until then, everyone, keep swinging. We'll be back next week. Love y'all.